The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Whistler While You Retire podcast. I'm Tim Whistler. If this is your first time listening in, I'm pleased to be the first to welcome you to the show. Thank you for carving out some time to check it out. And if you like what you hear, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive updates when new episodes have been released. And if you've been with us before, thank you so much for coming back and checking out yet another episode. And I have to pause and and to give a quick shout out to Carol up in Minnesota, who's a regular listener of the show. Hey, Carol, thanks for joining me again. Today's episode is going to be another conversation about Social Security. And my guest is once again, Beth Engel. Beth, welcome back. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for being here. If you missed the first conversation that Beth and I had, be sure to go back and listen to it. We introduced everyone to Social Security by just kind of keying in on the few basic elements regarding Social Security, you know, where to go as far as retrieving your statement, what to do if you need to make any changes. But I think most importantly is knowing of a resource of where you should go with questions because, you know, what may be good for your neighbor, your family, maybe a former coworker may not be the best for you. So be sure that you have resources available to you so that you can best leverage Social Security and your benefits. So today, Beth and I are going to go a little bit deeper into Social Security, and we are going to discuss the spousal benefits and the survivor benefits of Social Security, because one of the most dangerous risks out there is longevity, and that usually brings in survivorship. So a lot of times that can really change an overall retirement plan when there's a spouse involved, especially when there's a loss of a spouse. So Beth and I thought that the best approach to sharing this topic would be to share some examples of what most people may experience. So Beth, you ready to go? Yes, I am. All right, perfect. So let me introduce our listeners to Bob and Mary. Bob is 65. He was born in 1956, which would make his full retirement age 66 years and four months. Now, let me stop here for you listening in. There's no quiz, okay? There's not a quiz on this. We're just simply laying the groundwork because age is very relative to the election of a social security benefit. Okay. So Bob's 65, his full retirement age benefit is 66 and four months. His wife, Mary is 62. So that means she was born in 59, which would make her full retirement age at 66 years and 10 months. And they were married 40 years ago. Okay. So they've been married for a while. Bob's full retirement age benefit will be $2,400. And Mary's full retirement age benefit will be $1,000. So Beth, here's the first scenario that I kind of want to share with you. They are both retired and they both want to elect their benefits now. So as we talked about before, you know, they both are eligible to receive their benefits, but both would receive a little bit of a reduction. Bob's benefit, if he elected it now, would be, it would go from 2,400 down to about 2,100. We'll call it 2,200, about a 9% reduction. And if Mary elects her benefits now, her monthly benefit 
would be reduced from a thousand down to about a little over $700. So a big reduction. But the question I have for you, Beth, is that the amount that Mary would actually receive? No. Because Bob and Mary are filing together, Mary could receive some additional benefits from Bob as his spouse. So the way that it works, Social Security compares Bob's full retirement age benefit of $2,400 to Mary's full retirement age benefit of $1,000. They only use one half of his benefit to determine how much she would be eligible for as a spouse. Okay. So how that would look, they divide 2400 divided by two is 1200 and then subtract the 1000 from that. So that leaves a potential benefit as a spouse to Mary of $200. Now she's 62 years old, so she's four years and 10 months mm-hmm. away from her full retirement age benefit. So they're going to reduce that $200 by 34%, which comes out to approximately $130. And yeah. they're going to add that to her own reduced retirement benefit of $708. Gotcha. Okay. So in that scenario, if people elect their benefits early and there is that much of a gap between husband and wife, the benefit can be bumped up a little bit, but it'll still be reduced because of the early election. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Okay. So again, it kind of goes back to that conversation of like we had before of when is the ideal time of electing benefits, especially when there's husband and wife. And also too, whenever a spouse can using a a certain phrase, I guess, phraseology of saying, you actually can have a higher increase because your spouse's benefit might be a little bit higher than yours when it's more than twice. That's the formula, correct? That's correct. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So we've got that hammered out. Okay. So it's present day. They both turned on their benefits. They're receiving their specific benefits based upon their current ages. Okay. So let me throw another scenario at you with Bob and Mary. Okay. Okay. Let's fast forward five years. Okay. It's now 2026 and Bob passes away at 70 years of age. So what will Mary receive as far as social security benefits at that time? Okay. So Mary still at that point is, she will be full retirement age. So if Bob passed away, she would automatically be converted to a survivor's benefit. And the reason for that is because she's already on his record. She's already been established as his spouse. So if he passed away and she were full retirement age or older, she's automatically converted to that survivor's benefit. Now, the way they'll figure the survivor benefit, Bob elected a reduced benefit. Mm -hmm. So that benefit is what they're going to use to determine what she is going to receive as a survivor. She will receive what he was getting at the time of his death or 82.5% of his full retirement age benefit, whichever is higher. Normally, it's going to be what he was receiving at the time of his death. Rare occasions, they can get that little bump if 82.5% is higher. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I guess basically to make a point here, as far as a plan goes. So if Bob was receiving his benefits, you know, again, present day, about $2,100, she turns hers on, she gets a little bit of a bump up. Let's say hers are at 800 and change or whatever. 
Mm -hmm. the planning point of this conversation is that the lower of the two benefits is going to be taken away. Once the death occurs, the higher of the two benefits, which in this case was Bob's, that's the amount that's going to be remaining there for Mary, right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. So a kind of a planning point here then for the listeners would be if we've got two benefits coming in from Social Security and all of a sudden, unexpectedly, a spouse passes away, we have to understand that whatever that dollar amount is, 800, 1,000, whatever the case may be, the lower of the two numbers is going to disappear. So we need to make sure that we've planned for that when it comes to Social Security. Correct. That's correct. Okay, perfect. Now, before I go on, and just to throw another little wrench or another little scenario in with this, if Bob had, after looking at the figures, Bob said, you know what? I am so close to full retirement age. I'm going to just hold off for right now. And mm -hmm. I'm going to wait until I am full retirement age to get that higher benefit. Mm -hmm. I want to get $2,400 a month instead of almost $2,200 a month. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean for Mary? Mary at that point can still continue to start drawing her social security benefit at age 62, mm -hmm. but she would only draw her portion of that. So she would essentially draw $700 seven, or 708, mm -hmm. as we figured, until her husband decides at full retirement age that he is going to turn on his benefit. So as a survivor, like in this scenario, if five years down the road, he did pass away, that changes how much she is eligible for as a survivor. She ah. can be eligible for that full retirement age benefit as well. So that's something else that couples need to think about. Mm -hmm. If I elect to reduce benefit, I'm not only permanently reducing it for myself, I permanently reduce it for my spouse. That is an excellent point. I appreciate you throwing that in there. That is fantastic. Yes, it's good to know that, you know, like you said, it's, it's a basically a permanent decision. It's going to be with, with that couple through the rest of their, of their life. Exactly. Yes. So, okay. So the third scenario, okay. So Bob has passed away and let's say two years after Bob's passing, Mary's now 69 and she meets Jim. Okay. And she wants to marry Jim. Okay. What are her options now with social security? Okay. So good for Mary. She's living her life. She's decided I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to remarry. So that's kind of scary for widows who are receiving that social security benefit. And a lot of them fear losing that. They've become dependent on it. They've adjusted their way of living. And now their situation changed because Mary is over 60 years of age. She's free to remarry without the fear of losing that social security survivor benefit from Bob. Gotcha. That will not be affected. Okay. So, and one other thing to think about as well, for a spouse's benefit, there's a marriage duration requirement of one year. So after Mary has now married Jim, a year from now, she can take a look at whether or not a spouse's benefit on Jim's record could potentially be higher. More than likely not, mm -hmm. but if he was a good wage earner and he had some maximum earnings his lifetime, there could be a higher benefit for her from her new husband. 
but she has to wait one year to claim those benefits. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's good to know. So I think, again, the key takeaway here is that as we make these decisions as a husband and wife to when to elect the benefit and what dollar amount we're going to receive. But again, once we are a surviving spouse, if there's a remarriage down the road, it could possibly change the benefit for the better is basically That's what, correct. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And then one more factor in that, if after Mary and Jim, five years down the road, if something happened to Jim and he passed away, if his social security benefit, say Mary stays on her survivor benefit from Bob, that's the higher benefit. Mm -hmm. So they have her social security benefit from Bob. Jim continues to draw his own social security benefit, but he passes away another five years down the road. If Jim's social security benefit is higher at that point, she could file as a survivor on Jim's social security record for that higher benefit. Gotcha. Okay. So again, it just continues to evolve as okay. we go through chapters of life. Correct. Okay. So I think that's good content to talk about regarding the spousal benefit, a little bit of survivor benefit. But now let's bring in another couple because we don't want to get too deep in the weeds here between couples. So let me introduce everybody to John and Jane. Okay. Different names, but everything else is the same. They're still the same age as Bob and Mary, same benefits, social security benefits. And they've also been married for 40 years. But the difference now between Bob and Mary is that here with John and Jane, they decide to get a divorce. Okay. So it's present day. They decide to get a divorce after 40 years. So Jane wants to turn on social security benefits. So I guess the question would be, Beth, is what will she receive and will her decision to elect a spousal benefit affect John's social security benefit? Okay. So since they were married for more than 10 years, so in this case, they were married 40 years, decide to divorce, Jane can still receive a divorced spouse's benefit from John. She'll receive her 1000 reduced for her age from her own work and earnings. But if John files at the same time, she can receive a divorce spouse's benefit on his record. Again, the $200 reduced for her age as, as long as he files at the same time. If he does not, she cannot file as a divorce spouse on his record until the point he turns it on. Now, okay. There is a, an exception to that, and the exception is that after the divorce has been, say, two years down the road, as long as he's retirement age, she can file for a divorce spouse's benefit on his record, even if he's not receiving. Gotcha. So that's the key factor there. If he's not yet receiving, she can, but she has to wait two years after the divorce. Correct. Okay. And then the other part of that question is you asked if that's going to affect John's social security benefit. A wife, divorced wife, never, their benefit is figured completely separate. It never affects the wage earner or John in this case. It will not affect his benefit. Even if down the road he were to remarry and had another wife and say he had even a couple of children, he marries a younger wife. She has children or stepchildren under age 18. Mm -hmm. They can still 
receive Social Security benefits on John's record, Jane will not factor in to how their benefits are being figured. Wow. Okay. So that record can kind of finger out a few branches through that tree. Like you said, if there's remarriages involved, I mean, it can really continue on down the road. Absolutely. Okay. So the key takeaways there, as you said, I just kind of want to repeat this to make sure that I've got it as well. So married for at least 10 years, which John and Jane were. Yes. Divorce spouse benefit is available to Jane after John has elected his benefit or after the divorce has been filed for two years or more. Correct. And then his benefits are not affected by Jane receiving the divorce spousal benefit. That's correct. Okay, good. All right. Clear as mud. Yes, we got that. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting well, here. Congress never decided to make <laughs> no. any of this easy. <laughs> no. And I'm sure the social security manual is what, 35 pages, something like that. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we printed it out. How, volumes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how many reams of paper will we go exactly. through? <laughs> There's actually a forest probably somewhere in Oregon called the social security manual forest probably. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we still got John and Jane here. Let me throw another wrinkle into that. Okay. So they've got their divorce. Let's fast forward three years. Okay. Okay. Jane meets Ted and they want to get married. Okay. And let's say that Ted's social security benefit is a little bit higher. Let's say his benefit, like you said, he's been a good wage earner. Let's say hypothetically that his benefit is $3,000. Now, how will Jane's social security benefit be affected when she marries Ted? Okay, so when she remarries, her spouse's portion from John ends. Okay. She still continues to receive the amount that she was eligible for from her own work, but no longer can receive that spouse's portion. So the other side of it is remember, I said there's a one year marriage duration. So after Ted and Jane have been married for one year, then she could potentially be eligible for a spouse's benefit on Ted's record. His benefit is a little higher, so she'd actually be a little better off once she remarries Ted. She could be potential $500 increase if she were full retirement age, or if younger, it'd be reduced for each month prior to full retirement age that she receives it. Gotcha. Okay. So it can, just like before, just like in the scenario with Bob and Mary, this too can continue on as life continues to unfold, even for a couple after they get divorced, if they get remarried down the road, the benefits can also be modified. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. You know, one thing too, we were talking about this before. This was just a very interesting scenario. This was before, this happened, I think about two or three years ago, somewhere in that ballpark there. Just to share the story again with everybody who's listening in, I had the privilege of meeting with a couple here locally. And they had come in to have a conversation with me about protecting one of their 401ks. And so they, they kind of took into the advice that I had shared about the power of zero. We've talked about that before where zero is the hero. And we moved the 401k money into one of those products and protected them from the volatility. And we were back on track for their upcoming retirement. Well, unfortunately, there was a phone call that was placed and an appointment was made. And we found out that the husband had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so at that time, we started to kind of transition from retirement conversation out of survivorship conversation. And the point of it was the conversation that I had at that point after he had passed away, the conversation I'm now having with his widow and then their adult children was now the element of social security. And this is where reached out and and spoke with Beth about this as well, was from the standpoint of what was in her best interest, what was in Sandy's best interest to continue on 
as receiving a widow benefit or survivor benefit, or maybe electing her own. And what we end up doing through the power of the resources that we have available to us was determining that go ahead and continue to receive the widow benefit. Meanwhile, because she had already achieved her forward time and age and beyond, her benefit continued to increase by that 8% per year. So in the year that she's going to turn 70, we're going to transition from the widow benefit over to her own because that amount continues to increase. So my point of kind of sharing that story was that was a real life example. And that was one that was, it was a very bittersweet conversation, Beth. I know this is one, you and I talked about this as well, right? but it was extremely bittersweet. It was very heartwarming. I think that was the, the word that you used to describe it, knowing that we were able to provide a little peace of mind to Sandy. Here she is grieving the loss of her husband. She wants to retire. And now we were able to kind of show her, this is how we set up the social security benefit. Let's take it first as a widow survivor benefit. And then that gives your forward time and age benefit time to continue to increase. And then all of a sudden now there's like an inflation factor that was built in and we're going to turn that on for her here later this year. So right. it's just so important. I think my whole point of sharing that is just as you're listening into this, if these examples kind of hit home to you, be sure to reach out. This is kind of why we do these podcasts. These topics that we pick are, we try to make them relative. We try to make them pertinent to what's going on in today's society. And Beth is a fantastic resource. I just learned so much from her every single time we talk. So if you're listening and you have questions, be sure to reach out to Beth. And as we kind of transition into the close, which I can't believe it's already that time again, Beth, but how can people reach you when they have questions about social security? So thank you for those kind words, Tim. I appreciate that. I do strive to, even after the 37 years of working at social security, My goal has always been to educate people Mm -hmm. and just help them through that whole process. So working with you has really been a pleasure in doing these podcasts and I've really enjoyed. So now where I can be reached, Living by Your Design is the company that I work for. And my phone number is 309-285-8088. I can also be reached by email, Beth at livingbyyourdesigninc.com. And if you do have any questions or unclear about some of what we've went over, because I know it's a very complicated, and this is just the scenarios that Tim came up with. They were very basic, but as you heard and he shared his story, there are so many different areas, factors, fingers, different ways social security can go. Mm -hmm. So if there are any questions or you need help and just want to have a conversation, feel free to reach out to either myself or Tim. He's a great resource as well and can help even beyond the social security. Perfect. Beth, thank you so very much for joining me again today. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, as Beth said, there is just simply a plethora of moving parts when it comes to Social Security. So again, be sure to reach out to Beth or myself with questions so that you can best leverage this ever-important resource for your retirement years. Thank you for listening in on this episode of the Whistler While You Retire podcast. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be informed when new episodes are available. Thanks again for stopping by, and I look forward to speaking with you again next time. So long for now. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. This information is not endorsed or approved by the Social Security Office or any other government agency.